This, 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 this is the epicenter of audio frequency entertainment. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best. Heffron and Reed. I love you, love you, love you. The Heffron and Reap Show. The comedian, John Heffron, in his habitat, inches closer and closer to the podcast mic. He doesn't migrate to it with the consistency of others in his species. Nonetheless, he, like all in the podcast world, is hoping for more subscribers. And maybe, just maybe, someone purchases his book. This, this, this is the epicenter of audio. Ha ha! I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Oh yeah. You guys are the best. Heffron and Reap. I love you, love you, love you. The Heffron and Reap Show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Heffron and Reap Show. Uh, I'm doing this in my uh, dining dining room. Uh, my great hall. Uh, many of you know I live in a twenty thousand square foot house, uh, so it just sounds empty any any place I go because it's, it's just big. <laughs> Hear that? It's the sound of a new kitchen table that doesn't soak up sound. <laughs> anyway, you might be asking yourself, "Hey, John Heffron, where's John Reap? Isn't it Heffron?" And Reap, where where is where is Reap? We see Heffron. Uh, he's off today. He's off. You know what? Usually I'm the one who doesn't make the show because that's my work ethic. Uh, John could not be here uh, with us today. Uh, we all miss him. We all send him our love. Uh, Arby's. We give him good thoughts. Thoughts of Arby's. He'll be back. Uh, on this show next Monday, he's probably on his country-ish podcast, uh, probably later tonight or tomorrow. I'm not his keeper. I can't keep track of what that guy's doing all day. It's none of my business. It's the day after 4th of July. Uh, here's some fun facts to tell you about uh, 4th of July. First fireworks recorded in America were set off by an Englishman, Captain John Smith. Famous in his story. Of Pocahontas. What is this noise? Uh, colored fireworks didn't exist until. When do you think colored fireworks came into play? What year do you think that was? If you said 1960, you're wrong. It was actually 1800s. That was the first. That's probably a big deal, right? Everybody's, you know, fireworks, and they're like, "Are you going to fireworks this year?" And, like, eh, I don't know. and they're like, "I heard they're they're in color." You're like, "What?" Uh, also, most firework accidents are caused in family uh, backyard parties. We probably knew that. Uh, closely followed by uh, incidents in the street. Yeah, there's always the firework lighter guy. And I've never been that person. I just know inherently something is going to go wrong with the fireworks. And there's always a guy in like cut off jean shorts. Um, and you can kind of, you know. If he sits down, you could kind of see one of his nads hanging out if he's sitting on a lawn chair. So you could try to avoid that. Very, uh, like, farmer's tanny. Always willing to run out and light the fire uh, work and then run back. I was I was never that guy. 
I just stood far, far away from basically everybody. Uh, sparklers, harmless, you think so? Yes, they're one of the most uh, harm uh, things that give you the most injuries are sparklers. Remember, you toss them. I remember tossing them as a kid, and then you wouldn't actually get hurt. It's whoever ran through your yard the next day, the people that took it right in the foot. Anyway, as you know, uh, Mr. Reap is not on today's show, so I was going to bail myself and decided, no, no, John Heffern, it's time your work ethic changes, and it's time that you just get off the couch and you just try to do stuff because other people do stuff. So I should do stuff, but I don't want to do stuff by myself. So I asked uh, my super, super, super duper good friend, Tammy Pescatelli to come on uh, the program. A very popular from last time she was on. So I called her, she was doing something, something family E something very important. And I said, will you, will you come on the show? And she's like, well, do I have to be there the whole hour? And then I told her, no, you can just come on for like a minute or two. But once she's on, uh, between us, I'm, she's probably going to be on the whole time. Because um, I have nothing to talk about. I have one cool thing to talk about, but she, she's probably going to be on the whole time. So with that, we should play our cool bumper and just get Tammy uh, Pescatelli on to the program. And then we'll continue with... Oh, well, geez. I have a sippy cup, Tammy. If you can see for those of you, I got this. Um, and I didn't think I would like it. Do you see how big it is? Yeah, I see. It's huge. So the the premise was I was using too many cups. Okay. Too many glasses of water. So now I've been assigned one big sippy cup. And it's just, it's mine. I know where it is. When I'm thirsty, I look for it. I for the whole day. For the whole day, I just use the same cup. I don't even clean it out anymore. I just Isn't use- it funny that the older we get, the more childlike we become? Because <laughs> like, you can't sleep unless you have your right blankie. <laughs> like, it's all just such a mess. <laughs> now you got a sippy cup. You pee on yourself a little bit. It's well, all- yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, but look at it. This isn't even the biggest one, but the straw makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's, it's such a pain in the ass to, to take the... To go right to the cup. Yeah, but you know that your teeth, too, are sensitive now, too. That's why you can't, it, you have to wait a while with the straw. Look at me with coffee late at night so I can just complain why I can't sleep. At least I'm blaming on this. Not, if I have sensitive teeth, am I not supposed to be using a straw? Well, you're sending the cold right to the back of them right away. Oh, I see that. Well, do you have a hummy cavities or teeth work have you had done? Oh, I have, I have the worst Everything? teeth ever. I have uh, horrible. I mean, no. I'm missing teeth. I'm I'm half hillbilly back. I'm like I'm missing all kinds of. I'm missing one right here. I, oh, I got oh. it uh, yanked. My baby tooth that never went away. I got it yanked a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And watch when I smile. Huck. You can't. Oh, yours is almost the same. If you look down. Mm-hmm. Okay. I talk to you like this. Like I noticed, I talk a little bit more. Like I have dip in my mouth to cover up the hole. But yes. you know how expensive it is to get new teeth? Okay, wait, like, I, let's talk it through. First of all, when I was a kid, my, uh, this is a huge argument in our house, with, or right. like with my mother, because she swears she took us to the dentist. 
She never took us to the dentist. We went to our dentist. Our dentist got in trouble for robbing a bank. He like pulled grand larceny and he went like our armed robbery. I don't know. I don't know all the details. And then we never went again. Then I never had dental insurance. I'm a comedian, man. I had dental insurance when we did our show for a period of five years. Right. That's it. It's done. Um, hold on. I was trying to look up something while you were, you were saying that. Yeah, I'm no longer making fun of. Well, I never really did, though. But people make fun of. Well, you toothless, blah, blah, blah. Like people oh, make no, fun of Oh, no, I don't make that. fun of anybody. I, I don't. Not, not anymore. Um, Although I, I do think, John, I think that uh, root canals are like the great medical snipe hunt. I think root canals are fake. I think they're completely fake. And because you always end up losing that tooth after you pay $1,500 to get it fixed. Well, you know, here's here's the order that happens because I've had this happen nonstop. They say you need a root canal. Here's what happened to me in L.A. They needed two. They were on two teeth. So I went and got the root canal. And then I needed caps for those two teeth. So then you get that done and you're like, cool, I can drink five-hour energy, eat chocolate, do whatever. I don't have that horrible pain. Then I go to the dentist again going, hey, I got a little pain here. And then the dentist goes, well, you have two roots that need a root canal. I'm like, I already had them done. And then they go, well, they, they missed them. So there's two left. You're supposed to. So then we got to drill a hole through your, your crowns, get oh it, and God. then we got to get brand new crowns. So at, at some point, yeah, and root canals, I don't even know what they do. P- people are afraid of root canals. They don't hurt at all. Having the dentist floss your teeth, I think, is more disruptive and painful than a root canal. Root canals. So you're right. I think they just go in there and they fake it. They just kind of mess with it. I don't, so next time you get Next time you get a root canal, look and see if anything's plugged in. I don't think it is. I think I think they're day actors that just show up that day. Yeah, and I think it's like the massage when you fall asleep, and and I'm pretty sure the massage lady leaves the room. Yeah. You know, and just wakes you up at the end. I think, I'll never forget, though, the one root canal I had, I was in L.A. I had no money. You know who helped me pay for it? Eddie Griffin and Don Irera, because I was in, like, so much pain going to work. Right, right. Um. I paid them back, by the way. Um, But I went on a Super Bowl Sunday because the dentist had office hours. And as I walk in, in the world's most horrific pain of my life, I got a big old thing like this. And I was young back then. So other than that, I was doing all right. Uh, But guess who walks out? Brad Pitt. I go, can you imagine the finally the day that I happened to just and it's just me and Brad Pitt. He's coming out because we're the only two in the thing. He's coming out of the dentist's office because apparently that's when big time celebrities go during Super Bowl Sundays and stuff. Right. And I'm like this with a big old it was I couldn't even. (laughs) How uh, what uh, how old Brad Pitt did you see? Well, think about it. I was probably 28. So I thought Brad Pitt. Did, did you get the Brad Pitt all? I know I know somebody who spent time with him uh, and they said he didn't have like the, whatever Brad Pittness you think he would have, he was actually didn't have that. Well, he would I was in so much pain that I don't if it. he would have wanted to make out with me, I'd have had to pass at the time. Like, you know what I mean? I could care less. I was mad I was missing the Super Bowl. Uh, I was just so it was a whole bunch of, but he, no, he's very sweet. He opened the door for me um, and said, good luck with that, which in my head I took to that. He asked uh, me to marry him, but you know, 
<laughs> did uh what'd you do for the fourth of july do you guys uh went to west virginia did what i went to west virginia i have some family that's down there in witness protection program and uh no but i really do have family in west virginia and we went down and i spent uh some really good time with i have an uncle that mm-hmm. was so amazing when i was a kid he's the one who introduced me to rodney dangerfield Right, And he always was like, I get no respect. And you're a little kid and he's doing the whole routine. And now he's older and he has dementia and he was, but the sweetest, like just, he's so happy all the time. We sat down and we watched Rodney Dangerfield together. So it kind of came full circle. And that was a really sweet moment. And then the rest of the time, um, my West Virginia cousins kept trying to get me to blow my thumb off with fireworks or flip their side-by-side open thing, trying to make me puke. I'm like, dudes, they have all those little, you know, those like go-kart fast yeah, things. That, side by sides. And- yeah, the crazy going up the mountain and trying to make me puke. But I'm like, dude, I do USO tours. You know what it's like? I flew an F-150. Like, they make you puke then. This is nothing. This is right. absolutely nothing. Um, Did, uh, 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 yeah, here's what I, Alan, I sent you a picture. Did you get the last picture? Um. That I sent you, Alan. Hey, everybody. I can't comment. Oh, wow. You did that? I didn't do that. Me and uh, my girl, Michelle, did. She's she's big in the charcuterie boards. So we did this in the camper. This was us camping. Well, and, it's and, really and, cute. And we made that. See the stars? In the th- she yeah. usually, how I do it is, I would finish that off. And the running joke is, is I grab a handful of uh, goldfish crackers and I throw it just on top of that. Mm, well, it, it's beautiful. I'm glad right, Adam, that you. your girl did that because otherwise I would thought you got a vagina for the 4th of July. Well, no, I'm a big fan of charcuterie <laughs> boards now. Just I, I'm going to, well, I'm big into chalk paint and flipping furniture. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just, mm-hmm. I just got, uh, I, I just like buying, I haven't, I'm afraid to paint anything, but I just keep buying pieces of furniture that I'm mm-hmm. going to sand and then flip. Mm-hmm. And then I came up with this idea that I would think would work as a store. If you would just, I, what I do on the show is I pitch a lot of things that are legit businesses and probably people will steal. Yeah, um, that's what, that's our whole relationship, quite frankly. So uh, find another great idea that we don't do when someone else does. In the so, next okay, so listen to this idea. I don't see, I always come up with the name of the thing first and then I figure out what's that thing. Okay. So you say the name and I'll try to guess what the thing is. Oh, uh, what the, the, it's a, uh, it would be a business. Okay. Okay. Uh, before and after. Well, clearly then we're talking about you redo pieces of furniture there, yeah, right? Here's the hook. Here's the hook. I got three different things here. It's a donation center where people bring their old furniture or we come and pick it up. Because I have old furniture. I've noticed the biggest pain in the ass is trying to get rid of it. Okay. And they throw the junk is a ripoff and they, and they charge a billion dollars to remove stuff that should be set on fire. I don't right. mean the ripoff. I think it's really expensive, right? Because they go by height and then they stack everything straight up and then they charge you. That That's their move. Okay. So anyway, so we pick up your furniture and it's in the back warehouse. And the middle part is the shop full of every piece of sanding equipment, paint, everything you could possibly need. Okay. You come in as a furniture person who enjoys flipping, you pick out your piece 
you use our stuff, you paint it, and then we put it in the front of the store, and then we split the profit with you. Very, I like that. I so, like that a lot. So you could come in, so you're not flipping the stuff at your house. You're not doing all that. We have all the equipment. I have already thought about the rules is you have to buy all your supplies from us. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or it's like a membership or it's like a gym. Right. Because right now I have so many projects in my basement. I'm doing just come to us. You go. We have wine. Yeah. You have you have hermos. You just you have wine and it's a group every Tuesday. You and you guys grab the, the pieces or you bring your own. And then the, the front of the store is a resale shop and you just flip the furniture. So I like it. I like it. I hate going called to before and after furniture. Because now what, every- what are the people saying, Alan? Anybody say anything? Like uh, John has a house, is what they said. Um, yeah, that's the. Uh, that's okay, like, I don't know. John, the mean. idea man, tons of ideas. Said Shane. Hi, Shane. Yeah. Shane so uh, I'm afraid to read. You know, so I, I posted a comment recently on uh, on Joe Rogan's uh, Instagram. Okay. By the way, there are 700 podcasts that only talk about Joe Rogan's podcast now. It's like I, this weird thing. Yeah, it's weird. I try not to dive off. If I'm going to listen, I listen to only the main thing. You know what I mean? I don't like carbon copy kind of thing. Well, no, people literally go on. So I posted, I think that that, they have a big McGregor fight coming up. And I just, you know, you're late in laying in bed and I scrolled and I saw it and I got, I don't know a lot about fighting. Which one is uh, Paul Sean or who's the guy who's Mark Paul? No, not Mark Paul. No, you're talking about the Logan Paul. Logan Paul. I go, which one's Logan Paul? That's all I said, right? right. If you were to read it, you would see it's a throwaway. Mm-hmm. So on my Instagram, it's comedian John Heffern. I probably got 400. I had to literally shut off the notifications. People going, why do you have the word comedian in your title? Like, obviously, you don't know. You should take comedian. Like, all oh, these people shitting on me for just one simple you know, which one is obviously it's not the thing. So I can't, is it a sarcasm thing where, or is it just, or is it just that fan base or that age group that are just combo, 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 combo. Don't, you know, the problem is, is that's, that's their new thing. I, I, I can't help it. I'm not a narcissist in real life, but I'm a social media narcissist. I post what I post. I don't read everybody else's comments. I don't scroll down and figure out what they say. So I don't know who has time to read everybody's comments on things. And that's who you're dealing with. You can't get out. Listen, I just had a guy say to me, hey, uh, I got these two friends that are doing open mic in Charlotte and uh, I'll see if they can get you in the club there. And I was like, listen, baby, good. I, I've been playing that club for two decades now, <laughs> like, like two decades, 25 years in comedy. I've been playing that club. But thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> well, uh, we are. Um, I wanted to talk about the other thing we were going to talk about before, before. Brian, but so I'll tell you that. So speaking of 20 some years of, of comedy, I'm going to deal with this uh, real quick and then. Friend and Reap. Subject change. So my 33, 33rd, 33 years of comedy is this summer. Wow. Right? Uh, and oh, what 80, 89. So is that 33 years or 32? I don't I don't know. We're close. 33. 
Yeah, I don't even know how to. Yeah, that's a lot. I ninety four was so maybe it's my twenty sixth year. Twenty. I don't know. I I don't get paid enough to figure out math. So my very first paid gig, not not doing sets or or not where my first road gig ever mm-hmm. was in this place called. Oh, I should go. I should show you. I'm going to show you on something I just got. I need once. Like one second. All right, I'll talk to you guys about something. Yes. Listen, hey, guys. Uh, tell them where you are in Michigan in November. Oh, I'm going to run and get something for storytelling. I'm in the magic at the Magic Bag, November seventh in Ferndale, Michigan. John's going to uh, at least introduce me. Come hang out. He'll definitely be there. So if you want to see him, um, and then I'm going to tell you one other place real quick. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. July 24th to 25th. And these weren't necessarily to show you guys. This is because I need to remind myself that I'm going places. I don't remember anymore. All right. So uh, my very first paid gig, right, is, was Why couldn't you do this? Why do you have to go get, oh, that's Florida? Where are you? I have. Oh, yeah. Why didn't you just. I I have a Michigan charcuterie board. That's hysterical. So my first paid gig was right here in Alpena, Michigan. Okay. okay. So 33 years ago out of bowling. Uh, I am way more winded running in to get this charcuterie board than I should be, by the way. <laughs> so my first paid gig was at a bowling alley, the uh, Thunder Bowl in Alpena, Michigan. I got paid uh, 50 bucks to MC, right? Uh, and it's like a three hour drive, maybe from wherever I lived at the time. Uh, the headliner made me give him 20 bucks for gas. Oh my God. And when we went to McDonald's drive through on the way home, I bought McDonald's and nobody gave me cash back. That's hysterical. I I will tell you, Twinsies, my very first paid gig ever, Moline, Illinois, at a bowling alley. They did not stop bowling. And the headliner, I was emceeing, and the headliner was a guy named Fred Klett out of, um, I think, Wisconsin. Yeah, and he was amazing. One of the nicest guys. Uh, I don't remember who the feature was, but I just remember going, wait a minute. I just did five minutes and I got 50 bucks and I thought I was the most brilliant businesswoman in the world. And I thought for sure that I would have been on the tonight show in the next three months and retired by this point in my life. Fred Collette was from Wisconsin was yeah. Headlining all the, all the places when I was starting up, there were so many funny dudes that were kind of in that circuit that would just kind of destroy, you know, if it was not a competition, but if people were aware of them, uh, would kind of destroy almost anybody who has a big Netflix special. Now there are some road guys from the eighties or nineties that for whatever reason, just stayed road guys and never got any type of play or whatever that are just so funny. And, right. And well, I always say that, I mean, no disrespect to Seinfeld, but if they had seen Mike Toomey out of Chicago, he's now on WGN, but every morning, but if they'd have seen Mike Toomey, there'd be no Seinfeld. Uh, Uncle Lair, who got yeah. a lot of love from Ronnie Dangerfield special, but then decided what well, I think John, what happened to that group of comics is they did, they did what you and I did. We should have learned from them after last comic. We didn't stay in LA and audition and try to get on TV shows. We like two dummies went out on the road 
and went back to try to make some money because we were poor from all those years of being on the road. And if we'd have stayed in L.A., we might have huge careers right now where you would have got respect from posting on Joe's podcast. Comment. Yeah, I don't know. I just not a. am trying to figure out how to be. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe at 51, it's just it's too late for me to become a, a bra comic. You yeah, know? too late. We're, there, we're, there's a lot. There, there's I a lot of older dudes. We have a great fan base. What do you Yeah, talking? yeah, I do. I like they're, they're busy, then they take time for us and come see us and that's all. Well, I was get well, okay, now I'm all over the place, but everybody who knows me knows that. So, okay, I'm going to tell you. Okay, I w- I just said I would I was going to save this story till next week, but I'm not going to, Tammy, because we're talking about this. As it's <laughs> yeah, you're up. so crazy. Okay, Ladies so this is my friend of 20 years and this is how every <laughs> single one of our conversations go. Yeah, you we- Start out with a brilliant idea that's going to make us both billionaires. We have Tesla ideas at the top of our conversation. And by the end of the conversation, we're so exhausted that not only does nothing get done, we don't even really say goodbye. We just kind of peter off the phone and no one's there anymore. So I'm going to save this article uh, that I found. Um, It was about last comic winners and, you know, what's Uh become of us. Uh, and let me, I'll just read you this little quote from me. I don't know why I brought this up. Maybe because we were talking about not being a bra comic. Um, per, okay. His material spans uh, the gamut, personal affair, observation, bits about everyday life, hailing from Detroit, have friend. Um, okay. He, he's still, okay. He's still touring widely. It's not the kind of comedy that makes critics sit up and take notice for being cutting edge, politically astute, or culture relevant. But Heffern brings his middle-class white guy take to a range of subjects. So I didn't know as a comedian I was supposed to be cutting edge or uh, politically astute or culturally relevant. I didn't know. I thought I was supposed to be entertaining. But that, you, well, we're I've supposed been, to be ourselves, quite frankly. But um, apparently I've been doing it wrong this whole time when I've been doing material that of reminiscing and, and just I'm supposed to be astute. I don't even know how yeah. to be astute. Let alone spell it. Or, I was astute or anything. So anyway, so the bullying. So uh, first, what, first what gig. What level did, did they have you, by the way, though? Where what? were you in the rankings? Of one to ten, uh, yeah. uh, one I being the best. There were winner. ten seasons to have ten winners. I mean, I knew John and I knew Eliza, and technically we could have Zoe, but I don't even know any. Oh, and who won the first year? Dat. So there's six people that I didn't know won that show. Uh, in this article, um, I was I, there was only one person below me. That is such BS. <laughs> so Stop. I can't. All right. So here we go. Uh, first paid gig, Alpena, Michigan. Okay. So for 33 years later, I decided since the world's opening back up, I'm like, I want to get, I want to get back to basics. I want to, I want to go f- f- just do those type of places just for one week, just for one and not like just fun week of, those type of shows, they're going to be a little weird or not what, you know, what you're kind of used to. I, mm-hmm. I kind of equated to when Rocky was working out in the really expensive place and he lost 
and then he had to go back to the basics. Sure. And, and I, like I kind of feel like, oh, I kind of want that again. So uh, Reap told me that he would do them with me, which which made it just a lot easier because it's fun. If you're going to go down in flames, or it's gonna, it's just funner to do with somebody else. Right. So we got uh, five shows coming up in August. And like, it's hard for me to show here, but we're starting in like Wyoming, Michigan, which is right below. Alan, do you have any of these dates right below Grand Rapids? And then we move up 131 uh, to Howard City, Michigan. And then on August 25th, we are in Wyoming. So we go back, we go back. So to here, and then on the 26th, we are, uh, at 26th and 27th, we're in Rockford, Michigan. These are all bowling alleys, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the 28th, we are in, uh, I believe Muskegon, Michigan, all doing bowling alleys on that little run for five days. People have been posting. Why don't you come to this bowling alley? Why don't you come to, to this one? And some of them, they, and we're calling it the, that's how we roll tour. Uh, just five days, me and Reap showing up at these shows. And, and apparently they, they have uh comfort. They have comedy clubs, I guess, at these, um, you know, that is uh, debatable. We will see. Uh, but I'm excited to do these. And we have the link up there now. Me and Reap will be plugging it a crap ton once he gets back. But I, I just want to sell these out now because, Tammy, and I, oh, I don't want to always somebody in somebody's team. Right. Because there's people you have us and then the, there's people in, in right. charge of you and they, they they scoffed at this. They said, well, when, when you guys do something substantial. Then clue us in. Meaning. Oh, yeah. I got Meaning if <laughs> me and Reap keep doing these because we already did one week of them and we sold out every show. So if, if we do this little run and we saying. sell this out. Then they want to hear about it because then they're going to swoop in and go, okay, we would like our commissions. And, and yes. That, which only irked me, which now made me just, just, I fire in my eyes, a charcuterie board in my hand, starting in August, below Grand Rapids and up. If you're anywhere in this vicinity, and I've heard some people go, why don't you come to blank, blank city? And I looked it up and it's only a 30 minute drive. You, how about you drive to where we are? Because this is where we are. This is if you got a kid going to Grand Valley, that's welcome week. You're already going to be up there. Your kid doesn't want to see you anymore. Uh, they want you to drop them off, give them some cash, Venmo them, and then leave. So then that's when you and uh, you come and you see me and John Reap as you drop your kid off to start their life at Grand Valley and up in Muskegon and all that. We're going to bowl. We're going to have tickets where you can be on me or Reap's team. There's a link. What? Twinkle Toes Flintstone, one of the best episodes on a cartoon ever. Well, I have this uh, um, song that's just been stuck in my head. This, um, do you know this song? No, I don't know how I would. <laughs> you, how it's done. Oh let's pull, let's pull, let's rock and roll. It's a new That's from Reese, too. That's I from Grease too, the, the better of the Grease things. So anyway, waka waka so that, that is uh, the Heifer and Reap. That's how we roll tour happening back in Michigan. John Reap loved Michigan so much. He's actually coming back. And it's the only 
place that I could find five bowling alleys that would have us uh, Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. I'm going to give you your, your idea as we often do for each other. Um, and you're selling bowling shirts. I thought about that. We, we thought about, or wristbands. You definitely or, do your bowling shirts. Bowling shirts, I think would be expensive. Well, you can make a t-shirt that looks like a bowling shirt. Just like a tuxedo looks like you could make a, t- a tuxedo t-shirt. You can make one that looks like a bowling shirt and has the, on the, the original. We were going to call it uh back alley boys. And then the back alley wow. boys tour. And then we decided that that sounded a little too illegal, a medical procedure ish. Uh, so we well, it also it sounded it. like something that you're not really advertising. So <laughs> I don't know. That's a whole different thing. Uh, let me look at the comments real quick. Somebody's going Michigan. That's odd. Well, it's because I'm from Michigan, so it's it's not odd. I, she I know, they know. I, they were saying somebody was like sign language. This is what people do in Michigan. This is if you've ever traveled around as I have. I have a charcuterie board. That's how what a, what a Michigan man I am. Again, the, the tour started here and we're bowling all the way up to. Oh man, I don't know how weather guys do this. We're not hitting Reed City, but I heard Reed City's awesome. And we're just going, we're going to, we might rent a house in Grand Haven and just kind of go up and down 131. So so Venmo, um, you had a story. Yeah, yeah. I wanted uh, so to share you mentioned Venmo. So I had been driving a lot because, you know, the world opened up. So I've been going to some gigs. And literally, I've seen three different cars where these young kids, it's my 18th birthday. It's my 21st birthday. Here's my Venmo number. Like our Venmo whatever at thing, send them money. Like, is that safe? They want random strangers to send them money. Is that what we've come to now? Like that you literally, all you have to do is put it on your back window. So clearly you can't see well when you back up, you know how, like you say like Michigan or bust. No, no, no. Now they want for nothing. This is the generation because I'll send you $20 to get the hell out of my lane. That's what I'll do. It's annoying. Oh, that's interesting. That's if you could, yeah, you pay the car in front of you to stop doing something. Right. Like you can Venmo somebody. I'll give you five bucks if you can just pick a fucking speed. Right. Just get out of the way. Just, just five, just, just move, just move over. Here's a, here's a dollar. Go buy yourself something pretty. Yeah. Send, I think I sent Alan the picture of it. It's the craziest thing. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember they used to put your CB handle. If you wanted to, you could put it in your back window. You could send away and get a little sticker made up of your CB handle so people could yeah. ask for you. But I mean, that's like short. I, I don't, I would never, if I saw my kid, if my kid had the back, he's 13. He's got five years or maybe three years mm-hmm. to be driving around. You know, uh, if he was driving around and had a Venmo thing, Venmo me money. I, I literally was it's almost crying. like a weird and Alan didn't get your picture, Tim. If you want to resend it. Um, oh, how about I just show you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but there's gonna be a, a girl's name on it, and no one's gonna give her cash. And yeah. and Alan, can you can you uh for speaking of Venmo, I'm gonna can you post ours? <laughs> um yeah. I don't know why you didn't get it, Alan. It's it, it happens all the time. <laughs> you put up your I mean, it's my. I, I'm on block. Do you not love me anymore? Let me see. I guess what I don't even see it. It's like the girls thing just made it disappear. It's on my Instagram. Just take a look. I don't. If I do this right now, I'll get 
I get lost. You know me, I can't. Yeah, do that. that's what I start doing. And I start looking at just, I hit select and you, I just start deleting pictures. There it is. It, it, it's okay. Okay. I'll put my finger over her mm. license plate. Can you see that? Kind of. Yeah. So it says something. Yeah. Her, her birthday. And it's got her cash app and her Venmo. Is that what we're doing now? Really? Get a job. I'm I've so seen old. enough psycho movies where somebody's going to follow her, follow her into a store and is going to go, Vanessa. And she's going to go, yeah. I'm Vanessa. <laughs> hey, do you don't, you don't remember? I'm, I'm your dad's friend. It's thing. Yeah. I was supposed to have, it was your birthday or something. I bet you she would forget yeah. that, that all that info is literally on the car. I do a whole bit in my act on my last special about putting those stupid little stick figure families on the back of your yeah, car. Yeah. Cause you let people know that, you know, it's, it's a mom and two, a boy and a girl and a bird. Like you don't even have a dog. Follow this vehicle, the children. There you go. Oh, there we go. Beating a shot. And then there we go. Uh, you know what though? <sighs> Venmo and Cash App, it were, it's such a weird thing that we're in. And as comics or as a podcaster, we kind of get busted for doing it also, where it just seems like. Actually, <laughs> me and Ruby, Would you do Venmo me? Yeah, okay. Listen. Well, can, I, I wish we could see. Uh, I'm going to do, do you use Venmo or Cash App? I use, uh, I use, I just started Cash App. I use Venmo. I like to PayPal people, quite frankly, because. So right. But then yeah, that almost seems sure. like it's 1970s when you go, do you take PayPal? People are like, oh, I don't have right. it. I'm like, oh my God. You and then like, anytime I get a haircut, that's how they want tips now is you got a Venmo, but you're paying 3%, 4%. Right. But it, um, you know how it says like what you, what you paid for. Like you can see whoever you follow or people, right. you could see their transactions. I know. See, on Venmo, it shows like that, you know, so-and-so just paid this one. So-and-so paid. I, it's, that's what happened to privacy. So you could track everybody. You could look and go, I, oh, I, I know what that person's buying. Ken, I can do an OnlyFans, but I start naked and then people pay me to get dressed. Oh, that's a good, that's good. <laughs> I was thinking if you had a van, if you, if, would you get trouble? If you moaned people, right? If you had a thing. We'll moon you for a dollar and then you put your Venmo. And if you ever, for every dollar you got, you just moon people. I think people would do it. And you would drive from Michigan to Florida on 75. You'd probably make $2,000 by the time you hit Florida. But it seems like with Venmo and, and every, again, every podcast does it. Me and Reap on this podcast does it. We don't do it hardly ever because we have no sponsors or anything. It just seems like everybody's asking for money. Like every comic that I, podcast it's 20 event gives you can you i'm trying to do this podcast, and it's 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 kind of enough it's, well I mean, it seems everybody's yeah. begging like I, not, I don't i have nothing to offer like like am i do you do cameos uh i did i signed up because you asked me to sign up and then i thought we are doing it because i just usually do those for free for people after the show okay. and then i also like if people ever try to give me a tip after the show, I never take it or I give it, tell them to go give it to the waitress. I took one uh, once and I kept it when I was in my 20s. Probably young. Yeah. Was, I mean, was, if you were young, it was that's like a hundred bucks. Right. That's a huge difference. But people like I'll sell a t shirt and, um, you know, they'll go, oh, keep the change. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can give it to the wait staff. Like, I, 
I guess I feel like, you know, we have the same demographic, as I've said before, like our people, I want you to, I just want you to come back. I'd rather you not feel ripped off by some stupid little thing that I have going on and and come back the next time. Save that five, $10 that you were going to give me and and give it for a ticket next time or give it to the wait staff. So the club is happy that I show up, you know, it's a weird, um, I I had a, yeah. Yeah, it's just a weird thing to always be back. If you don't have something to offer, like on Cameo, I was going to uh, stop doing it or pause it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how, right? So I don't I don't know how. So I just upped the price and I figure, okay, I just priced myself out of anybody having me right. do it. And I still get them. Wow. And on Cameo, I went, was in Atlanta and this guy came up and goes, hey, you did a, a Cameo for my birthday. I turned 50 and he's like, you said this, this and that. He goes, and it was four minutes long. He was, my wife thought it was going to be like 30 seconds, but it was four minutes. And that was so, and he was le- legitimately not impressed, but thankful that I did this Cameo thing. And then I looked at him, I go, dude, you guys pay me. It's what you, I wasn't, I'm, I'm not like a, I'm not a saint here. I took 50 bucks from you. But yeah. so I, I did four minutes and I just felt after that, I'm like, I got to cancel my thing. Wait a second. I'm going to start my cameo thing again. That's what I think I need to do. No, I, I mean, it just, it's, I just always, I don't have, I have confidence enough in me to get on stage or whatever need for attention that I had has now been, has been satiated, but I don't, yeah. I don't believe in like you know i mean even in the old days when people wanted autographs i I didn't even have anything with me people go you have something to sign no yeah nothing i don't have headshot there are people i know that carry headshots i'm just not the i guess i don't i I love what i do but i just never think about it in in a monetizing way which is why uh i i probably should put my venmo on the back of my car (laughs) i know we we should have did some uh some type of um uh, uh, what's called with uh, Jerry Lewis, like telethon with our Venmos. Yeah, for sure. Who, who would, who could have made the most money in, in like two minutes at dollars. And then we would have don't, I'm going to think of a game we can play with Venmo. And then we donate um, it. Do something. Fun donate it. it to I, like, I, re- I remember comics selling like, uh, remain nameless, like Polaroids of themselves after shows. And they would charge twenty dollars to. to I know get exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, they would get twenty dollars, and people signed them. But it's it, people liked it. Um, I always thought that that was weird, right? And then there are people who then scoffed at a comic selling a picture of themselves. But then this new trend uh, happened where people started charging for meet and greets. So then they would go, "Hey, for fifty, there's a fifty dollar meet and greet. You get to." meet the comic and then for 75 you get a t-shirt and then they'd have a little wall set up with their name on it and people would come and so they were getting a hundred bucks per person to me but somehow i'm like you just did the same thing that the polaroid guy did yeah you just added some zeros to it and made it with the level of comics now and it's a friend of ours lots of friends of ours but are getting movies now based on jokes in their act and I'm like, I don't, I have never, you and I both are storytellers. We tell lots of stories that are based on real things that we either funnied up a little bit or just really happened that way. And I'm like, how did, 
how did I miss the you get a movie job? I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna Venmo. That's what I'm gonna do at my before okay. and after uh, furniture store. That's a good idea, don't you think? Sure, I got it. I you like come it. in and you pick the project you want to work on, I and then it. you you just up in the house takes fifty, and then either you you either pay a membership that covers your cost of material a month, you know, so it's you're like, not that's a franchise, and you just and you just go. That's there's gotta be one baller out there. Tomorrow, Shane Flint, you're out there. I know you're a baller. You come on, dude. Just yeah. you know, go fund me. Where where's he at? Did he leave? Uh, yeah, yeah. just come in He's the middle of the show. I'd have that guy running, asking questions. Topher Morrison's on. Topher, if you're still there, uh, he he would be good guy to run it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I looked at websites that I had. By the way, um, man, I'm mm-hmm. all over the place. Uh, Look at Randy this, said, this, wait, what are we talking about now? I get, I feel the same uh, with Randy. I have no idea. Efren and Reed. Subject change. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I really don't. Mm. I have a birthday in two weeks. That's right. Mm-hmm. But you already said you're 51. I, you know what I did? I are rounded up. And now? I've rounded up ever since I was on stage. For some reason, when I was on stage at 22, I thought the jokes would be funnier if I said I was 25. Wow. Right? Because I'm like, so, like at 22, I'd be like, so I'm almost 25. And then I would have these jokes about that. Or when I was 27, I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm almost in my 30s. Joke, joke. And now I just realized that I cheated myself out of years and years by up, like upticking my age. Mm-hmm. So I think I might just be turned, I might turn 50. So let me ask you something. And stay I'm 50 getting, for like I'm getting older. Clearly, we know that, right? And I, by the way, like set aside weight gain and all that other stuff. The older I get, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to pay more attention to what I wear on stage, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Has that does that affect you as a guy? Oh. I mean, it's clearly you don't wear suits anymore, like the when people first got to know you. I don't wear the lesbian comedian uniform that. I started in with the t-shirt, the vest and the big jacket. I don't know what to wear. And I've always thought about it too much, even from when I started doing comedy. I remember I dressed, however, a 19 year old dresses in the eighties. And my dad said, you have to look nicer on stage. You should kind of think like Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers always looks dressed up. Okay, like in a fan line shirt and loafers. Like, there's there's so much know. so much wrong with that statement. Yet, but yet it was always so. I always I always dress with the audience for a tie, meaning I'm not underdressed, but I'm not overdressed with the audience. So you just kind of you just try to fit in there. And then as the comedy thing changes, 80s there was sport jacket and jeans, and then you know, then there's a chunk of comics that it looks like laundry day. It's just they're, right. they're literally in hoodies and just a shitty t-shirt and they just walk. Or now the, the trend I was noticing in at the comedy store uh, before I moved out is comics would wear their winter jackets on stage. Oh. So that, that's always funny to me that you're comic and you're just so you just, there's so much going on and you're just so aloof that you can't take off your jacket to perform in that. That's hilarious to me. Right. I just think, and everybody does it, but to me, it just, as an audience member, you think, oh, this person's leaving or they want to go home. Right. 
Like I'm saying, you can wear a jacket. Like if you go Sebastian, he wears those leather things. That to me is not a jacket. I'm talking. You have your your you know your down jacket with your your wool hat on still. North face. Yeah, just North Face, and you're on stage for two seconds, and you leave. Take off your jacket. You you look silly. Well, um, we used to have those rules. If you remember, like when we started, I was just talking to an MC who was swearing, got dirty, and was talking with the crowd. And I said, dude, I'm not telling you what to do. Right. But I would, it'd be easier for everyone if you don't talk to the crowd. Cause I don't talk to the audience. Yeah. Unless I, and I, I can't, I don't want to get the, I don't want to yell at them to shut up. Right. Because you've amped them up, but it's up to you. And he was like, well, no one ever told me that. And I said, well, it's weird because when we started, everybody told us, don't say the F word. There were rules. Like I was point blank told by Sarah and I at the Cleveland Improv, your job isn't even to be funny. It's to frame the show. Like don't swear. Don't talk to the audience. Dress nice. And uh, there was another rule. I think it was uh, no announcements. I I did a show once where the MC got on stage in shorts. And I'm never, I I don't understand doing comedy in shorts at all. But he got on stage in in shorts and he kept eating it every set. He's like, "Uh, do you have any advice? I'm like, yeah, fucking dress like an adult. You look like you work here or you just walked on stage. I wouldn't look at, look at, you know. Yeah. I yeah, said like my home in shorts once. Not I just I mean not just across the street to the condo to change because I was like, dude, I'm bringing you here so they can book you in the future. Yeah. Like you really got to present prof- you make me look bad when you show up in cargo pants. I mean cargo shorts, you know. I uh, I I don't know what to wear on stage more. I used to wear like a dress button-up shirt and jeans. Like, I remember that phase. Right? And, and then maybe like a set of comforts or now I wear. Uh, Christian Adige years. I remember those years. Yeah. yeah. Then I had like, you know, yeah. Air Force Ones. But being now, being my age, you run the risk of trying to look too trendy. Right. Right. Because now I have, a, I have like skinny legs and my gut's gotten bigger. I even got those, those spank, like a white T-shirt that goes under that you pull down. It's like a spank. Oh, that's that, like, cool. Put, <laughs> that puts your gut in, but then it like rolls up because it's so weird that it goes right about at my boobs. Like, so I have to then, so it's almost like that Pillsbury stuff where if you flick it too hard, it goes, Poosh. honey, I, mean, I have pressurized it, rubber that I pull it all. And then after a while, I just stop. I, I don't care. And it just depends on, on if I care that day. I always, I, pack it. I have a weird, uh, I always watch, you know, like, uh, Born Identity or those type of shows are my favorite. And I actually have looked up and I'm sure this how to dress like Jason Bourne. Like I want to dress like a spy. Those guys always dress just nondescript. It looks cool. Or I want to dress like Sting. So I have two options. I like that. I know. I well, I don't, but I don't how to how to find that or to, I don't want to be, but you just go, oh, that guy's cool. I but know. Not, you know, because all 50-year-old guys have those. You know their uh, their cuffs or whatever. Yeah, what's on your your shirt? The cuff, not cufflinks. Cuff link. Yeah, you like your uh, yeah your shirt. The- Every fifty oh. something guy has those flip back where those things are super like paisley and there's a bunch of colors. Like that's a very stereotypical fifty something year old guy. Yeah, I think like just like a long sleeve, cool eyes on type sweater, dark solid colors for you. Great. I had to stop like. 
I was constantly, I, I, as I got older, my, I became less trendy, but almost more kind of uh, tomb raidery. <laughs> like I started like to dress tougher. I don't know, leather Tuscadero. And I'm like, okay, now that's going to look a little weird because I am grandma age for some of these people. I like tomb raidery though. That makes sense. Yeah. I've been dressing that way. So I have to figure it out. It just depends on where I feel weird. I got to, you know, we'll see. It's a, now, was it, I, I don't know what, was it you or what I'm trying to think of, maybe it was Rachel. Uh, I was saying her name wrong. Fine sign. I don't know. I love her, but yeah, I remember she wore a skirt on stage once and boy, somebody just, some guy in the crowd just went after something about her legs or just something. And then she had to talk after we were talking after she's like, yeah, you know, it's weird with, with women. If you wear a skirt, you've lost all the, all the dudes are checking out your legs. If you walk, they're trying to try to catch a butt cheek or something. But if you go jeans, then you look frumpy. It's 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 a thing, you know. Yeah. Well, when I was young, I mean, when I was young, there weren't a lot of women. So I always say I was cute by by, you know, elimination because there weren't a lot of female comics, number one. And then a lot of them weren't young. And so I used to really I used to wear like two bras to not have big breasts. I was trying to like not try not to draw your sexuality into it. Um, and then a lot of these young girls came out and posed naked on their album cover and then complain yeah. about sexualizing the industry. And I'm like, well, that, that was yeah. In, in, yeah, I noticed that uh, with a lot of people where <laughs> they, they start and then pretty soon it's just like one picture of them in their underwear or bathing suit. And then it bec- and then it's then it's all just butt shots, and I'm performing at, and then butt shot. And I'm yeah, yeah, I, I do butt shots. Uh, I, they're just other people's butts. I just take picture. Of people's I, butts. I think that's the key. I think that's it. All right, so let's plug some stuff for yours again. I know you're at the Magic Bag here in Michigan, uh, November seventh. Are you no- going to? You're going to at least introduce me, right? Right here. So Tammy and my charcuterie board is. How do people do this? You're, you know, right around here. Not Troy. You're going to be staying probably in Troy, but you're going to be I went to first grade here in the Staying at your house. You're going to bring your trailer and I'm going to stay. In yeah, your stay there. So you're in, you're in November. And then uh, I'm going to show up at that show because three days later, I'm at the Comedy Castle um, in November. That's wonderful. So we will definitely show you around, maybe make you a charcuterie board, welcome you to Michigan. Oh, maybe, maybe I'll give away a pair of tickets to your show at my show. Let's do it. Um, what else? Hold on. Tim, let me find. Here's where I am. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama, July 22nd to 25th. I like this. And a Wait, What's uh, that? show me where you're at again. Uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Um, you got a baby in a bar, uh, Alabama. I'll be at, at stand up. Live. Okay, so one thing when you're at Stand Up Live in Huntsville, I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you this now. Uh before you go there, right? We all love Dorfman. Yeah, I love that one design flaw of that club. And I'm gonna tell you now, and you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. You're gonna be on stage, you're gonna be looking at the crowd. Yeah. To your stage right, there's a table the seat directly behind you. I know, I've been there, so and it's 95%. Don't 
spill drinks on that table, flip it upside down. Don't let anybody sit there. Oh, no, it's even worse for me, Efren. I'll explain to you why. Uh, Look, I feel so bad for those people. I actually have to give people who sit at that table some kind of, I either buy them drinks, a T-shirt, whatever, a hug. I feel so bad that they have to see that profile the entire time. You should wear a jacket that says, I don't care about these people, do you? And then they read that (laughs) the whole time. Uh, So you're in uh, Alabama then. Where else? What other dates? God. Uh, oh, I got July 17th in Cedar Rapids, Iowa with Mitch Fatel, Fatel and Alonzo Bowden, our friend, doing the uh, Cancel This Comedy Tour. Cancel we'll, This Comedy we'll Tour. On, we will have you talk more about that because yeah. we love Alonzo. We're having a lot of fun. I'm always hanging out with you. We love uh, Mitch. Don't forget, uh, we're going to post somewhere on this. If you're Michigan people and you feel like heading up towards the Grand Rapids, jumping on the 131 going north to maybe hit up some of these bowling alleys. Listen, me and Reap, we're going to have bowling teams. We're going to bowl against each other. Uh, there's going to be beer drinking. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a Michigan summer, whatever that Kid Rock's song is about Michigan in the summer. Yeah, and then I'm sure you're going to have drink specials. like that Drink, are drink specials, and there were 50, maybe we might be the first comedy show that's a 50 50 raffle has that been done yet beginning of the show uh madigan and i were once going to do the bingo tour where we're going to get on a bingo bus and play bingo during the game during the Uh, call one game of bingo during the whole show and at the end uh, someone in the audience would win a pot i think it's done and i have a feeling i'm going to get the owner of all bowling alleys on i think this could be a thing i think you know all these people going to these big theaters doing these big shows and there's most of the people don't live around those type of places. I think we bring entertainment to, well, you go uh, there first and then I'll follow up. Yeah. We'll make sure it's okay. Cause we'll make sure it's not roadhousey. Cause I don't mind it. Uh, the, the double douche. I'll go. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if I have insurance. I'm not fighting anybody, but uh, we'll start there. Um, John Reap probably has dates that he's performing at. If you go to John Um, but that is our show. John Reed will be back you. on Monday. Tammy, thank you so much for uh, showing up. Thank um, you. Glad to do it. I'll try. I'll, I'll, I had something else I wanted to bring up, but I'm not gonna. So that is our show. Everybody have a wonderful uh, thank week. You and you know, hey, some your kids are back in school in about a month and a half. So that's how fast life goes. Okay. Heffron and Reed. <laughs> Since you love the Heffron and Reap show, please go to iTunes and let them know. Rank the show and leave a comment. We don't care what you write, you know. They, Heffron and Reap, have low self-esteem.